Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, Derek here. Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know there's an unofficial 40th anniversary virtual reunion of dynasties set for March 20th. Several dynasty stars are scheduled to attend, including Emma Sams, John James, Jack Coleman, Heather Locklear, Gordon Thompson. To get tickets, just go to dynastyreunion.com. as they want to be a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series dynasty i'm your host derek j lang and with me is my co-host kyler k jafari i'm here i've got a drink i've got my nighty on <laughs> you're you're a businesswoman huh you just need to slip into something comfortable look whatever it is you've come to tell me can it be handled by the lawyers well we want to wish everybody out there who's a fan of dynasty or connected to dynasty in any way a Happy anniversary. Dynasty recently celebrated its 40th anniversary. It premiered over 40 years ago now. Isn't that monumental? Yeah, it used to be like 20 years ago was a long time ago, but I don't know. Now it's, it's like 40 years ago is kind of like the, the cutoff now. 40 is the new 20. Yes, basically. Now that's the good news. The bad news is we have lost, unfortunately, another member of the Dynasty family, and that's actor Peter Mark Richman, who uh, we all know as Andrew or Andy Laird, the, the lawyer and, you know, trapped in a phone booth at the LA airport for the last, you know, 40 years. Yeah. I mean, I just think one of my first real moments that I fell in love with this show is during that first season where they went to New Orleans for Andy Laird's birthday and he had his wife and there were Jeff Colby's That's still a standout episode. So yeah. fun. And to think it was all kind of surrounding him and that character. And, you know, I I never revealed this on the podcast, but now that he's at peace, I feel maybe comfortable. I, kinda, I don't know. Is this like a fetish reveal? Yeah. I kind of always had the hots for Andy Laird. Oh, Jesus. Daddy. Yeah. There was some no. zaddy energy with him. No, 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 no. Uh, yes, 
Yes, well, yes, yes. Uh, you know, that's fine, whatever. I mean, uh, he was obviously cast for certain reasons. I mean, he, wasn't he He was kind of um, a regular in Aaron Spelling and other productions of yeah, the time. He was know? on Three's Company. He put he played uh, one of Brenda's boyfriend's dads on 90210. He worked. He worked. And I think he was 93. So he had a good fucking life and lived a long time. And he was kind of zaddy. I have to admit it. I have to admit it. Whoa. Do you have anything that you'd like to reveal? No, I just other I feel like the, the character was written as a bad lawyer and he didn't make it any more believable than bad lawyer. So, mm-hmm, yeah. uh, well, as I tweeted, I said he made looking sleazy easy. I think he did a really <laughs> great job of being a total slime bucket and ally to Blake Carrington. Anyway, I th- I think we have a lot to talk about with this episode. I don't think we need to chit chat. We don't need to give any cocktail recipes. I think we should just get straight into it. Yeah, I mean, we can drink champagne on our own time. Wait, there's champagne? Actually, there was champagne. We had a bottle of champagne left over for my birthday and we didn't open it. There was champagne. You didn't tell me. You, it's in the refrigerator. You can see it yourself. Today's installment of Dynasty as They Want to Be is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash nastypodcast to browse their unrivaled selection of audio programs. They have books they have special audio series i mean you can even get this podcast on there they even have the the recently released sequel to ready player one ready player two you're gonna find something that you like on there just go to audibletrial.com slash nasty podcast or you can just text nasty podcast to 500 500 do it right now that's like my video game voice Welcome back and welcome back to Steven. His little trip to New York is over and uh, that was dark. That's how everybody feels after they've been to New York. And go and meet your baby mama who just wants money. And yet we still long to return. We start as so many of these fucking episodes start in the breakfast Just buy the DVDs already. The quality is so amazing compared to what Amazon or whoever is presenting oh, to you. we need to talk about that for a minute uh justice for dynasty update as paramount you, plus yeah as you know if you are a hardcore dynasty fan out there dynasty has been taken off of amazon prime so you have to pay per <laughs> i've been episode. taken off amazon prime too <laughs> yeah well that's because you ordered too many things and they uh they cut you off. But yeah, so the new version of CBS All Access, Paramount Plus, they have announced that they're launching March 4th. Now, we here at Dynasty as they want to be have He been- says this like this is an organization of <laughs> hundreds. <laughs> well, our fans and us is, you know, maybe a hundred or a ten. I don't know. But who's counting? We want Dynasty counting? on a streaming service, okay? And this is really important because I think it's hard to attract a lot of new fans to a 40-year-old show <laughs> when it's not readily available on a streaming platform when you have to pay for it. And we've seen it in our own numbers, not to reveal too much, but I think it's hurt the podcast. So I want Dynasty 
on Paramount Plus, and they have started rolling out these commercials with Jeff Probst and Dora the Explorer and Spock and everybody else. Who they? I don't know, and I don't care, but they aren't Alexis Carrington Colby. They aren't any of the Dynasty characters. I want to see them climbing up Paramount Mountain in those commercials, and so far they haven't. So I'm getting a little concerned that we're not going to have Dynasty on Paramount Plus. So please tweet at Paramount Plus, write a letter, call them, whatever you have to do. Justice for Dynasty. Anyway, back to this week's episode. So Steven's back from New York. He kind of commiserates with Fallon and Crystal and everybody because Sammy Joe is a monster and everybody knows it. And she really just dragged him for filth and now he's going to get a divorce. Well, I just like that he's begging Fallon for $3,000. This might be the first time a sum of money is actually named. It was kind of weird when she was like, well, that's not just walking around money. And I'm wondering, well, what is walking around money for the Carringtons? I mean, this is this like what my grandma used to call beer money? But that's the, this sounds like more than beer money. So I don't know. Walking around probably costs more. I think in inflation money, that's like, what, seven or $8,000 today? I don't know. I mean, but, it, but that's, a, that's a big ask. It is highly illogical that he does not have access to any money. I mean, it's so convenient that it's tied up because everybody thought he well, was that's, that's just all her entree to just invite him to La Mirage. Here She's we go. Queen of the damned. Come live in purgatory with me and all of my lost souls. And then he's going to just leave the baby with Crystal. So I guess she won. I mean, it it doesn't make any sense. As Crystal points out, it's like, why are you not just staying here? Is this to get back at your father? I don't know. If I had a rich father who had a mansion that had 45 rooms, I'd deal with it. Is that mansion not big enough to kind of carve out your own niche all of these characters can live there alexis can move back out of the penthouse and she should be fine i don't understand why we've got to put him in la mirage but sidebar whatever whatever happened to alexis's artiste penthouse next door well it did get mentioned i thought we were never going to speak of it again that get converted into a clock tower for kirby's title card (laughs) i have always wondered like where the hell did this clock tower come from it keeps just popping up and we didn't see it can we just acknowledge this intro is still doing so much work for the show i i feel like the glamour and the excitement and the just the pre of the show still seems to be just the the opening titles like it's just kind of like what sets the stage for everything i mean kudos to the makers of the show because it really does set the mood every time i mean we've been recording this podcast and watching all these episodes you've seen them multiple times it still gives me a little tingle down there every time i see those fabulous opening credits but yeah you're right there is a little disconnect it's the show is not as fabulous as the opening credits i think that'll change as we go on but yeah there's not enough parties and balls and things i think we've only had like two or three parties well kind of in the same vein i, I feel like for once the show's actually aptly titled I usually like quibble with the titles and like again I've said this before like oh you mean the vote like who was really reading the title like in the TV guide like nobody really knew or cared but all this is called the millions vote. of subscribers of TV well, guide and, and I feel like in this in this instance it's actually it's it's apt because I think this is one of the rare instances where business is done well on this show it may be the only instance where I approve of business proceedings good afternoon gentlemen. Colby, good afternoon. Sorry, I'm a bit late. Please be seated. Blake, 
Always good to see you, particularly on your abdication day. I've abdicated nothing. Yet. It's, it's senatorial, it's political, uh, you know, and it's also not bullshit because there is like a, a, a board of like old, fat, rich white men who control everything. And even they're not going to back Blake on this hammy decision he's trying to make about taking over or keeping control. I don't know. I mean, that's the part where it's a little funky, but uh, Alexis walks in and in her big white hat, wearing the world's Carmen San Diego. And she, she just does what she does. And in this, in this case, it works. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I guess watching this, I just felt like, well, Alexis is like Reddit and <laughs> this board is like, the hedge funds and she's taking over it, it was it was a well, lot I mean, it's, smoother it's, than i thought it it's was a case be. of like there is like shareholder interest and like as much as like i don't care about business and much less business on this show they kind of like kind of presented something that's sort of believable for once because normally business is just sort of like a like a cheap doormat for you know blake and alexis to you know say bitchy things to each other and now the one thing that drink, i didn't but. understand is why blake went along with it I think this will make itself more clear as the episodes go on. And I think maybe he, he does kind of say that he wants to be watching over Alexis. He doesn't want to oh, that's just, give up control. Yeah, that's just Blake taking seconds. I mean, at that point, he's like, well, the best I can do is vote with the board. I can watch her. You know, but it's like, man, if you had your way. Your and he druthers. does have a plan B or C with this Congressman Neil McVeigh. No more Neil McVeigh. Are you ready to storm the Capitol against Congressman <laughs> Neil McVeigh? <laughs> Wrap me in a Trump flag. <laughs> Let's go steal a speaker's podium. Yeah, take a picture of me sitting on Congressman Neil McVeigh's desk, why don't you? <laughs> no, I was going to say something else, but yes. Ew, gross. No, I... Well, Alexis already sat on it. So. Well, yeah, and apparently he's sitting on 17-year-olds. So we have the return of yeah. Mr. Hess, private investigator to the star. The star I really thought this guy Alexis. was gone, and here he is back for, for more, like, late 70s, you know, Peter Falk sort of like Columbo. He's, he's a MacGuffin. Crime busting. It's just I, somebody I for Alexis to call to figure out things. Like, it's such a shortcuts to the storytelling of the show. I like show. that she's just like, oh, just go in the service elevator and leave. And like, doesn't even pay any attention. She doesn't seem to really care about his presence there. Oh, more than that. Meanwhile, I like, he's got people stalking him and probably like looking to shoot anybody up who's in her apartment. But. I liked, well, first of all, I like that he walked into the penthouse and she's there having lunch for one, which includes a big ass okay, glass up of until this point, I just assumed she was buzzing people up and that's why it was all just a given when people walk in from the elevator doors but no she's like oh good to see you okay who who is like the doorman like why is he letting all these you need the, you need the come door. up the elevator into no, her no, no. she knew that he was coming because she even said to him oh so you think she was doing that pretend thing where she like when you see on your caller id like you know who's calling you but you're like hello but it's like, yeah, I she know doesn't it's... know exactly when the door is going to open. But she said that she did not want to meet him at her office because she did not want any 
witnesses. This is Alexis here, okay? She's always thinking. We all know Alexis's office is just nomenclature for her bedroom, right? No, uh, she has that big old tusk desk and Mr. Hess wanted to see it. And Alexis was like, no, because she's got him doing super secret Lest you forget though, she was trying to schedule that business date with Blake and he's like, why can't we just Okay, you gotta slow down. You are going too fast in this episode. This you're you're like a uh, like Kirby trying to get on top of Jeff here. Calm down. We have this whole episode to talk about. So my favorite part of when Mister Hess came over uh, was seeing Alexis have her lunch for one, which was a gorgeous looking salad that looked like it was meticulously placed. You know, somebody's fingers was just all over or that redly press on fingernails. Yeah, and then she had a big old glass of Chardonnay or Pinot Gris. I'm sure it was an oaky Chardonnay because this is before buttery Chardonnays became so fashionable. Yeah. But then she keeps talking to him. And meanwhile, he like went out on the balcony, which that balcony, it really does wrap around that the whole penthouse. I mean, just like Alexis, she wrap around. Well, she's not going to be wrapping around uh, the tennis pro Mark Jennings because she catches Fallon and Mark having a little smoochy smoochy while he's uh, teaching her the best way to get a nice hard grip is that what goes on in the tennis shop apparently she kind of throws a temper tantrum when she sees fallon and mark but i i think it's kind of gross because she's the mother like she shouldn't feel bad i mean i guess they should all feel bad because this is crystal's ex-husband that they were all no no nobody should feel bad fallon owns a hotel nay her father and alexis has shit tons of money this is all just like rich people problems like there's nothing really for anybody to feel bad about but did you notice that alexis instantly starts like making up lies i mean i assume that they're lies that he was working as a gigolo and taking advantage of wealthy women and it's like wait a minute you're a wealthy woman you're just saying that he took advantage of you yeah i mean that's kind of a party of one on that one but she's not totally wrong though because like i think if he could take a lot of wealthy women um to you know bed right that or that shower he would so okay I, I don't but that's all just speculation but well, he's, he said he's, himself he's a he's gigolo a, type he's, he's not he a said himself he's a flirt and he's got great legs but i just didn't like how petty that alexis instantly was in that moment when she realized that fallon and mark well, have a thing I, I think it's just like the, i don't know we're supposed to care but I don't know if it played better at the time or I, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's not great. I hesitate to call it filmmaking. I don't know. Whatever this moving image making that it is it's that we're watching. It's a TV show that we're watching. Yes. I don't think that it's great TV in the sense that I don't really care about her and Mark. Clearly, Mark and Fallon have a thing going on. That's great. The thing with mom and daughter sharing the same lover is really kind of super creepy and weird. Yeah. Uh, but even framed in the terms of this show, it's just kind of more like women who are exercising power and using Mark as a sort of fulcrum for that. So I sort of understand that. But in the end, it's not really that compelling. So I don't really care what Alexis is doing and that she's being spurned by Mark. Like, it doesn't really matter because I thought she was spurned by Mark, like, at the beginning of this whole season. So why are we 12, 12 episodes mm-hmm. in and still talking about the Bumblebee cartier jewelry or whatever that he bought her well and and it's very antithetical to what i think is a 
really the most powerful moment in this episode, if not one of the most powerful moments in this season. And that is Alexis explaining to Adam that as a woman, you have to either be used or use because as soon as you start going from your teenage years and growing up, that's what's going to happen to women. I am sick and tired of being used by miserably ungrateful men. Your being sick and tired is not going to erase the congressman's influence. You want to bet? And I think it informs a lot about all of her motives and why she's doing what she does. And, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about second wave feminism, but it, it seems like things have happened in Alexis's past to really push her. I mean, we know some things with Blake and how he kind of took away her children, but I was really moved by that. And I was glad to hear that in this episode where she literally goes into a room against a big group of old white men. Well, and and she has Adam and Jeff as her stable boys. You know, Adam even like pours her some water. (coughs) He's carrying water for Alexis. Like Kyler, I'm feeling parched. Can you... um, yeah i mean that's how ridiculous this all is you know (laughs) Uh, so so there's a little bit of like you know the the woman taking her part and you know white people white male privilege power but it's it's kind of not super convincing and you know what's not super convincing well because when she falls back on this whole like why is mark seeing my daughter fallon oh yeah that's what i was saying so yeah like it's I don't know. It's kind of a disappointment there. But, you know, look, I guess they can only go so far. It is 1982 or 83 after all. So, you know, what was a disappointment to me was a continuity error in this episode. Did you notice that Alexis is flip flopping outfits throughout the day? Black and white. She had the poofy sleeves and then I she mean, did had the, yeah, the art deco outfit and I, then I the poofy sleeves again. Come and go. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how important it is, but yeah okay continuity error yeah, yeah sure. they shot some stuff out of order spliced fire the up. script girl yep yeah so i guess we we kind of got a, a glimpse of this we're sort of befuddled by it in the last episode but yeah here we are again with adam clearly uh he's a substance abuser it turns out pills dolls pills baby pills right in his desk yeah this is the first time we've seen i mean the old-timey doctor a few episodes ago alluded to that then he had the shakes last episode yeah and we don't know how much he's been using and abusing but we do see in this episode what drove him to that point and that is this feeling of isolation he kind of expresses it to a couple of different folks but you know, you, I guess he wants to be friends with, with Steven. It doesn't seem very genuine, but it does send him into this kind of tailspin when Steven brushes him off, literally gets his hands off of him. And then Alexis comes in and fawns all over Steven and Adam is left feeling, I guess, like he did when he grew up in Montana, being raised by a woman who kidnapped him as a baby. <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous when you say it out loud. Well, you know, like man, Montana is a, a sort of a foil for what Ohio, which is the same thing. On like Fallon's like complaining about Crystal being this ugly woman who eats trash food from Ohio. I mean, it's supposed to be under the guise of a joke, hee hee ha ha. But I didn't understand that. What? Why were they making fun of hot dogs? I I, I think hot dogs are terrible cooking and struggle food. No, but why did she say hot dogs make you ugly? That's what I I don't. 
Oh, because it's pieces and parts and nitrates. Uh, th- that's famous for brain cancer. But w- why would it make you ugly? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it's like uh, it's the reason why w- w- you you age twenty years when you smoke too long. You know, it's, it's you're comparing eating a hot dog to smoking a cigarette. No, uh, eating a hot dog three times a day for your like entire adulthood and going back into like age twelve, like that that will make you look kind of bizarre. Well. I don't want a hot dog real bad. But I do want a glass of oaky Chardonnay. Anyway, I'm not done talking about Adam. He's so nasty because he also has a little moment with Jeff. There's this whole thing where the Louisiana oil leases have been appraised for a very low value, I don't know, GameStop. See, this is when we go back to when American business Airlines. is kind of weird and doesn't matter much <laughs> in Dynasty. But so everybody's taking issue with Alexis and Adam for appraising these Louisiana oil leases too low. And then Adam's response is to kind of bandy about in front of Jeff that he has had sexual relations with Kirby. She is, as they say, one sexy doll. What? Didn't you hear me? Don't you ever talk about my wife that way again. Do you hear me? Sorry. That was chauvinist of me. What I meant to say was she's one sexy, one very sexy woman. I ought to know. I mean, he leaves out the part where he date raped her and pushed her down on the floor. But he didn't inhale. Jeff gets real rough with him and throws him against the wall. I guess we haven't seen Jeff like this since he was under the influence of oh, that's right. teal pain. He, he did strangle his, his uh, wife in La Mirage. I forgot about that. I'm just really, really loving Adam. I think there's so much to this character. And Gordon Thompson is just so deliciously wicked and i'm just i'm having fun every time adam comes on the screen because he's just such a psycho train wreck i'm here yeah it's it's interesting because adam i don't know how well this character is developed but somehow he's clearly exhibiting traits of his father and his mother Uh uh-huh He's a, you know, a, a true Machiavelli and and also he's kind of a bitch. So it's like Alexis and Blake had a kid. And, and he's tormented. And he is, so. But he's tormented by his really bizarre past having been a kidnap victim and being, you know, born out of out of the echelon that he should have been in. But I really think some more dark times are ahead for Adam because after he takes the pills, he looks in that mirror. And you know when a character on a soap opera looks in a mirror and starts talking to themselves. They don't have enough makeup on. No, shit gonna hit the fan. But not the mirror. No, 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 not the mirror because you don't want to smudge it because you're talking to yourself and the camera's capturing you. And then interestingly, a little later on at the end of the episode when Alexis comes home, it's just for a second and I think it's just to make sure her makeup is still completely applied. But Alexis looks in the mirror too when she comes home and Blake is, is there. I mean, when is Alexis not looking in a mirror? They can't show it every time. I mean, otherwise it would just be 43 minutes of Alexis in the mirror. I would watch that show. With champagne and a cigarette, but yes. So what do you think is going on here? Why does she want to hang out with Blake in her penthouse? Does she still have feelings for him? Or is this just another way to manipulate him with her All all I know is if you've got an ex around, keep Alexis away from them. Because she's always got her sights set on somebody that you were married to or are married to or will be divorced from. I don't know. She's got 
a thing about Blake because clearly he's the obstacle between her and Crystal. I don't know. I guess this whole show is supposed to be premised on Alexis and Crystal hate each other, even though we don't really spend a lot of time on that, at least not right now. I mean, obviously, they're that kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah, I think they probably shifted away from that we've gotten a few moments of that but i think last season because they were basically strangling each other every other episode they've kind of had some space and i mean it helps that like alexis is in the business world and got her penthouse but you know there is that scene in this episode where crystal sits down at the piano with kirby and is like i was in the same position as you living in the same house with my man's ex and you know, the, that the was thing a, we had in common with the kids. That was a real moment that crystallized um, how Crystal is sort of now heritage at this point. There's always newcomers and come latelys. Yeah, she is the woman of the house and for somehow sure. Crystal who started out from the secretarial pool is now, you know, second in command yeah, of all I, of this empire. I'm glad we got some of that this episode because last week I was thinking that the Kirby is kind of just doing the same thing that Crystal was doing. She was a downstairs bride because she came from the secretarial pool and man, it married the CEO. I mean, I don't think that Jeff Colby is on Blake Carrington's level but you know there is a parallel there so it was kind of nice and then we you know we got Crystal with Steven too they go way back to season one not this Steven but so yeah I thought this was a great episode for Crystal and it had a lot of good moments I did think it was weird at that in the in there when Blake was like well I'm gonna call Crystal and have her come join us for dinner oh no 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 this is I mean uh I think Alexis even uses the word contratimes, which is supposed to, I don't know, it's like such a pretentious word. Uh, but that's Alexis, right? She's got lots of money and she speaks sort of another language sometimes. And that was supposed to be pitting her sons t- together. But here it's like clear that she and Blake are having contratimps and she's going to do business at her penthouse. And even Blake says, well, can't we just meet at your boardroom? Aren't you the owner of this like big fancy company? And for her, that's her turf, right? It's like a home game. And so then she gets to put on disco night attire and serve martinis which is i guess supposed to be the way that that alexis does business which i don't disapprove of i think this is a very great way to do oh god i wish i could do business like that (laughs) that's quite a change well it's a lot more comfortable you look very lovely well thank you Peg. I think maybe she's just trying to kick him when he's down and she's already one-upped him with the board and now she wants to keep him away from the mansion at night so Crystal gets jealous or whatever. I don't know. It's kind of petty, but, you know, she's on a high. She's not making, like, all the right decisions. And especially at the end of the episode when she wastes a perfectly good martini by throwing it in the air. Well, and they waste a perfectly good throwing in the air martini shot by freeze framing it instead of like, we want to see that thing smash all over the wall. And that was a choice. Yeah, they did that was not. that was a choice because they could have <laughs> just let the, the, the glass fly, but they froze it in midair and, you know, you never really get to see the damn thing smash, which would seem to be appropriate for such a dramatic show. But OK, you got to think that maybe the glass was plastic or maybe the cameraman just didn't get the shot. And so they made an 
artistic decision to to stop the martini midair. But how dare she waste good gin? Well, she can afford to waste liquor on her salary. Now it's time for the part of the episode where Kyler and I choose our looks of the week. Kyler, what outfit did you vote for this week? Well, it's kind of a combo, and it's not a, no, this isn't a trick combo. So, Crystal- Just pick one outfit. It's not that hard. Crystal wears a blue sort of satin polyester, I don't know what this material is. Uh, Silk. Jackard material that is, I think it's in a pantsuit form, but it's basically, it's the same idea as like a Diane von Furstenberg wrap. The thing she wears in the morning when Blake looks at his watch and is like, ugh, I don't want to have to have a conversation with her. Yes and then i thought that was pajamas well you know that's you know there's so much of that there's like dressy pajamas like they could be pajamas they could be something to wear to the boardroom it's like how all these guys wear fancy sweatpants now these days and yes it's very much it's just it's exactly like that and then the there's this like moment at the end where Pamela Sue Martin is wearing the same thing, but in, in skirt form. Or am I mixing it up? I think she's wearing it actually in pantsuit form and Crystal was wearing it in wrap dress form. But either way, they're wearing the same thing. Like it's like bookending the episode in costume. They're both kind of trading places in like the power dynamic. So I just kind of, I, I don't know. I, I thought that was fun. I don't think that was even on purpose. It was just something I kind of picked out i actually think in that scene where crystal and fallon are hanging out before dinner and blake calls them i actually really liked crystal's outfit and i think this is the first time ever where crystal has won my look of the week two weeks in a row because i chose her outfit in the last episode but you know i'm a slut for orange it's my favorite color yeah it just seemed like real comfy again she's got a plunging neckline so we get to see some cleave and it's got these like fun stripes and it just kind of just hangs. It looks comfortable, but it's not like too casual. I, and- I, I feel like she's like the girl is pulling taffy at the counter, but okay, sure. Put it in my mouth. I mean, I think we're supposed to, you know, be gravitating towards the asymmetrical black and white, you know, suit that Alexis is wearing. But how many more black and white suits can she wear? 45 is probably. Uh, yeah, I guess we still have a few more to go. We're only uh, none on of them the are bad, season. but it's just like, okay. That one for me was a big miss because the hat did not match the same shade of white. And we were watching this on DVD, Justice for Dynasty. You go out there and buy the DVD since it's not available on streaming platforms. Yeah, it's better quality. Anyway. And uh, yeah, the hat didn't match. I mean, there was a it's lot of- It's not even the hat. It was, uh, she had this hair- That's a disqualification for me, mister. Well, yeah, that's that's just for starters. But like the hair, it, it kind of felt like this leftover late 70s look that just kind of got recycled through the- lens of a asymmetrical black and white suit but it wasn't that special to me i mean i preferred the puffy sleeve outfit on alexis but it wasn't really like accessorized or glammed up it wasn't like a complete look it was basically just like this amazing freaking blouse so sorry crystal wins this week for her citrusy ensemble orange you glad i chose crystal's outfit did you know that no words rhyme with the word orange Well, that's going to do it for this installment of Dynasty as they want to be. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the episode, The Vote. We're in the home stretch of the third season here. I think we only have 
four, three or four more episodes to go. Uh, we've got this corporate takeover that's brewing. We don't know where Steven's going to live. We don't know if that martini is going to connect with the wall or if it's going to go into the elevator. So I'm I'm here for it. I'm really enjoying this. And then I, like I said before, I'm really loving like what's going on with Adam. So I want to see him just go off the deep end. Yeah, the only thing better than one big bitch is two big bitches. So. Oh, are you talking about us? Sure. <laughs> Speaking of us, if you would like, you can follow along our journey between episodes on social media. That's right. Nasty Podcast is on all social media platforms. We're at Nasty Podcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y Podcast. Twitter, Facebook, all the places. Stop what you're doing right now and go follow us. And if you really like us, you'll go become a member of our Patreon, patreon.com slash nasty podcast. On there, you can get the episodes without ads. You can vote on polls. You can listen to bonus episodes. And if you join at the Blake Carrington level, you get a special present from Kyler and I. I'm going to get on my broom and go down to Jensen's and buy a necklace that's going to get me in trouble with Blake. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 